Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 178 of this podcast. Welcome back, we are continuing with our Come Follow Me study for this week, covering June the 22nd to June the 28th, Alma 17 to 22, I will make an instrument of thee. And uh, we're, in, we're going to try and cover Chapter 19 in this uh, episode, so uh, stay tuned and uh, let's try and get started straight away. So... Um, we have uh, in the 19 verse 1, uh, King Lamoni is still in his um, trance, if you like, or he is still um, um, two days and two nights, and they are pre- basically preparing his body as if he is dead. Um, this is obviously a very upsetting experience for his uh, wife, uh, because she doesn't believe that he is dead, despite everyone else's thoughts. Uh, Camille Franck uh, said this about the spiritual activity still carrying on despite his body being um, out of out of action, basically. She said, while Lamoni's body took on appearance of death for three days, his spirit was very much alive and actively learning. Parallel ordeals of the same length of time are found throughout scripture. Alma the Younger was unable to speak or move during the three days of his spiritual awakening. Paul received his sight after being blind three days. Christ used Jonah's three days experience in the belly of a great fish to teach his, about his death and resurrection to the Pharisees. Each of these incidents points to the death and resurrection of the Messiah, whose body was in the tomb for three days while his spirit was in the spirit world. Close quote. So we have obviously this similar experience with Lamoni and his wife says uh, a verse or says something in verse five, which causes great um, humor uh, to some that uh, studied the, the Book of Mormon. This phrase about him, his body not stink, stinking, or others saying that he stinketh, but I do not think that he stinks. Um, Marion D. Hanks uh, actually talks about this. Uh, he says, quote, In the story of Ammon's missionary work among the Lamanites, there is one statement, the un- unusual language of which sometimes evokes mirth in a student when he first hears it but which to me is one of the most sacred and provocative verses in all the record. The love of his faithful wife for her beloved husband seems typical to me of the love which will obtain the heavenly kingdom and which should here characterise our relationships with those to us. Close quote. This indicates a great love and also a great understanding from uh, King Lamona's wife. She has clearly got great faith that her husband is not indeed dead, despite all appearances for these two, two to three days. Um, so it's certainly something which we can look to try and, um, work on, um, is, is our faith and trust in the Lord and, and trust in the feelings which we have in verse six, Ammon, uh, understands what is happening. It says, now this was what Ammon desired for he knew that King Lamoni was under the power of God and he knew the dark veil of unbelief was being cast away from his mind and the light, which did light up his mind, which was the light of the glory of God which was a marvellous light of his goodness. Yea, this light had been infused such joy into his soul, the cloud of darkness having been dispelled, and that the light of the everlasting life was lit up in his soul. Yea, he knew that this had overcome his natural frame, and he was carried away in God. And this indicates just kind of the the physical impact that uh, such spiritual experiences have on our body. Uh, We have a number of these experiences in the Book of Mormon. So we have... um, Alma the Younger has, has a similar experience. Obviously, we see this later with King Lamoni's father as well. We also read about it in Joseph Smith's experience, particularly uh, the day after he has had the multiple visions from um, Moroni. 
and of course after the first vision. So, you know, we, we see kind of the impacts that these spiritual experiences have. Uh, a, relig a religion scholar called Felicitas D. Goodman said this, quote, countless reports and modern field observations by anthropologists um, have found that when people have spiritual significant spiritual significance sig experiences like visions, certain physical changes occur, close quote. Uh, you can read more about this um, uh, in the Know Why, number 460, Why Are People Exhausted by Powerful Spiritual Experiences? Because there are further quotes by other uh, anthropologists that indicate kind of the level of um, joy and just intense, um, well, yeah, intense joy, really, that happens and the exhaustion that will come naturally uh, as a result of that. Um, this joy, euphoria and sweetness that's often described by these sorts of vision and like experiences can leave the body with with an intense um, need to to recover. Uh, and True and G. Madsen spoke quite a bit about it as well. So there's a lot of things which we can kind of take away from that. But what one thing I understand is something that's said at the end by Book of Mormon Central themselves. Uh, it says, quote, thus, we should not be surprised to find that significant spiritual experiences may require of us a significant amount, even an exhausting amount of focus and energy, even today, close quote. So maybe that indicates just how much, if we desire to have a spiritual experience, how much we should be willing to, how much effort we should be willing to put into it, uh, that it shouldn't, should, it's most likely not going to happen if we just say a, a half-hearted prayer, but we should, you know, be ready to invest some energy into it. Uh, our testimony of uh, Queen of King Lavoni, uh, we obviously don't know her name, uh, is, is significant. He says, Blessed art thou because of thy exceeding faith. I say unto thee, woman, there has not been any such great faith among all the people of the Nephites. And uh, I can't help but think that Ammon's use of the word woman is um, similar to Christ's, that it's, um, you know, it's meant to be a respectful and... Um, or inspiring statement uh, that has been used. <clears throat> in verse 12, um, King Moroni arises, and he stretch, stretches forth his hand and says, Blessed be the name of God, and blessed art thou. Now, this is incredible, because we've just seen Alma's, not Alma's, uh, Ammon's testimonies had an impact on the queen. Lamoni then rises, and then he begins to testify. And of course, this section is all about our testimony having a far-reaching in influence and so you'll see the number of testimonies that have happened um ammons to the queens king lamoni's to the queens uh, king lamoni's to his household and of course after his uh, testimony to his household there is a great uh, falling uh, from everyone so basically everyone in the room falls to the floor and begins to have this same spiritual experience and then we come to um a certain woman called abish now this is particularly interesting uh, in verse 16, it says, And it came to pass that they did call on the name of the Lord in their might, even until they had all fallen to the earth, save it were one of the Lamanitish women, whose name was Abish, she having been com converted unto the Lord for many years on account of a remarkable vision of her father. So again, here's another experience that we need to have a look at. We, I have presumed always that it's her, her earthly father, that her father has had some sort of spiritual experience, he has borne his testimony to her, and this has had an impact on her for her life. And this testimony will now lead her to go out because she's able to. She has already been converted and to reach out to more people to convert them as well. 
this testimony of her father has had a far-reaching influence. But there is also another potential uh, interpretation of this uh, account that Abish had. In the Noai 127, why was Abish mentioned by name? Um, there seems to be a, a, another potential way that we could look into this um, into this experience she has had. Uh, the name Abish um, is uh, has significant meaning behind it. Um, it most likely derives from the from the Hebrew elements of Abe, which is father, so similar to Abraham and, and others, and Ish, which means man. So basically, father is a man. Um, just like Zizram's name may well have been a deliberate um, pun with a deliberate meaning, um, his name meaning of sil something of silver, I can't remember right now, something to do with silver, and of course he offered uh, great amounts of silver for Amulek to give up his testimony, Abish, uh, Abish's name may, may well indicate something very important. Um, her name, Father is a Man, is used to refer to the fact that she has had a vision uh, she or she has received testimony her testimony from uh, a remarkable vision of her father. This could be understood um, to mean that Abish has been converted by a vision of her father, because of course it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily indicate whose vision it was. It just says it was a vision of her father. So it may be her father's vision. It may be a vision. It may be a vision she has had of her father. It may also mean a vision of her capital F father. And of course, if this is linked with her name, which means father is a man, that would mean that her father, her heavenly father, is a man or is a being that is like a man. Um, or the father of heaven and earth. Our father of heaven and earth. So this is obviously, there's three possible explanations here. But obviously, if this was a vision of her father, as in her heavenly father, then she will be, I think, the the only recorded instance we have in all the standard works of a, of a woman who has received a vision of, the, of her Heavenly Father. Of course, this, um, this, this won't be the only one, but it's the only one recorded in Scripture, which I think is an important, um, and it shows just the level of faith that uh, Abish will have. Anyway, Abish goes forth, brings the people back, and um, they are you know, converted as well through her testimony and also the testimony of those that have fallen to the floor and then who rise up. Uh, and it lead, it links to the power that uh, our Heavenly Father has to change the hearts uh, of people when they listen to testimony. That's why we have testimony meetings, it must be, because they have such an impact. Uh, in verse uh, 33, we see that their hearts had changed and they would had no more desire to do evil. And I'm going to finish with this quote by uh, President Henry B. Eyring, who says, That mighty change is reported time after time in the Book of Mormon. The way it is wrought and what the person becomes are always the same. The words of God in pure doctrine go down deep into the heart by the power of the Holy Ghost. The person pleads with God in faith. The repentant heart is broken and the spirit contrite. Sacred covenants have been made. Then God keeps his covenant to grant a new heart and a new life in his time. Whether the miracle comes in a moment or over years, as, as is far more common, it is the doctrine of Jesus Christ that drives the change. Close quote. So there's so much there. Thank you for listening today. Uh, we'll be moving into the next part of this experience tomorrow. Hope you've enjoyed the study. Please share uh, this podcast, uh, rate it, review it, subscribe to it. You can join the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. And there is obviously the the email. Um, 
of which uh, you can email session at gmail.com. Uh, there is a lot you can do and a lot you can take part in, so please join in the discussion. It would be great to hear from you. Thank you for listening, and until we meet again.